It is December 6th, 2017. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, and we're talking about SmackDown Live for December 5th, 2017. How's it going, Raj? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. And we've got Dennis Farrell joining us once again. Dennis, how's it going, man? Guys, thanks for having me back. It's going good. Yeah, so SmackDown Live last night. Build up to Clash of the Champions. Only one more show before Clash of the Champions happens. And uh, Dennis, what did you think last night? Give us the, the broad view on the evening. You know, overall, it was a great show. And I kind of thought about this last night, that every SmackDown is a good show. And then, you know, you add one little thing and it moves a meter. And in the grand scheme of things, you go, oh, that, that was a little bit better. But it was definitely better than the last couple, but but not by much, but enough where I left the show going, this was actually a better show than it will get credit for. So I thought it was a great <laughs> show. Well, you're giving it credit right here, kind of negating, negating your sentiment. Raj, how about you? What would you think? I thought it was fine. I, I just feel like it's a lot of... Uh, it just doesn't seem like a lot of upward movement. Mm. It's just kind of staying where it is. Um, you know, there are a lot of changes to the Clash of Champions card, but overall, it uh, you know, it was easy to sit through. I, I, I can't say it was bad or anything, but um, I, I didn't... I didn't like it as much as Dennis did. Yeah, well, let's walk through those changes. So where are we at right now? How's Clash of the Champions looking as we oh. head to the pay-per-view on the 17th? Well, the tag title is now a four-way tag title match. Which, <laughs> which says we have no storyline. We have no nothing for you to invest in. We're just, you know, why don't they have the Bludgeon Brothers to it while they're at it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's you, you got one, two, three, four, four, only five matches announced so far. And... um you know, I don't see what uh, what other big matches they can add. So why not just split those up into two separate matches? You know, do the Usos versus Benjamin and Gable, and then the New Day versus Aiden English and and Rusev, and um, and and give those two separate feuds uh, more time and then more of a story. You're saying no other matches they can add. What about Mojo Raleigh versus Zack Ryder? There is Hype that. Bro versus Hype Bro. There is that, but you know, when you think about what what's going on right now, what else can they add? You got Mojo and Zach. Uh, what, what other top guys are? Are there any top guys that aren't uh, spoken for? Uh, what's Mike Kanellis up to? <laughs> Mike Kanellis and uh, Ty Dillinger can that, hey is, you know. is, go to catering. Um, <laughs> that should be that should be the catering match. They right, have it from backstage, like two K eighteen. You know, right. And really, I mean, that's I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, I mean, that's that's really it. And, and the women, of course. The uh, you know, only Charlotte and Natalia are on the card right now. Yes. What is Tamina, the Samoan soldier, going to be up to? Where did that come from last night? They, hey, they're trying. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty shallow card. So uh, I mean, I would split that up. Um, and Dolph, I mean, we'll talk more about him later. But uh, definitely seems like he was added to that match just to to take the pin. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. I actually liked SmackDown last night. I thought it had a good energy to it. It had a lot of variety in the segments, but it does feel like uh, like they're not even trying anymore to elevate the stakes. Like, I feel like there's almost this acknowledgement within the show that, okay, guys, we're, we're the B show. We're going to have fun with this. We're going to put on, you know, something decent. But, the, I mean, think about how Raw hypes to the high heavens every single thing that they do. I, I feel none of that. 
Yeah. Plus, you know, the main event was Sami Zayn against Randy Orton, which is what the third time they've done that in the last like six weeks, seven yeah. weeks. Um. So yeah, and I, and I forgot about the women. They're going to be the lumberjacks in that. That's it's be the most sparsely match, but... attended lumberjack match ever. <laughs> yeah. Is there like what's the minimum? What's the least amount of people ever surrounding the ring in a lumberjack match? On WWE, uh, like on the record, do we have like a number? Is it ten? is it ten? I I have no idea, but uh, well, but with Becky out, it's it's going to be like ten women surrounding the ring. Ten had. I've see, just we got the the Riot Squad, Lana, Tamina. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Naomi's Carmella. out. Carmella. You got six. Um, is this really yeah. what it's come to? Guys in the chat, help us. <laughs> yeah. <what> <laughs> help us out remember. So you're going to have six women surrounding the ring. Tab is being generous with 10. Maybe they'll <laughs> do some NXT call-ups to, to you know fill out the ring. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's something. Um, Umberjack match. Does any, I mean, uh, okay, so let's go segment by segment. I want to talk about that. I feel the need to state this as a disclaimer. I really like SmackDown. It is my favorite of the brands, and I swear to God each week, I think our frustration is because we feel like there's been so much good stuff since the brand split, but lately, yeah, it's really it's really been odd. Uh, so starting with the opening segment, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they are the main event on SmackDown for all intents and purposes. Uh, opening the show, closing the show. They're there. Shane McMahon comes out. They're talking about uh, matches and stipulations, what they got away with last week with Sami Zayn being on the ramp, not in the ring. Uh, what did you think of the promo, Raj? Uh, were they at any point in danger of going into business for themselves and getting some heat backstage again? No, I don't think night? so. I, I think they're professionals and wouldn't. I don't think they do that. They're not. They're not stupid. Um, well, what do you think that was a couple weeks ago? So when that story came out about the European tour and them being sent home early, where do you think it crossed the line in the, their promos? I, well, it wasn't the promos. Really? It was uh, after the New Day attack. They were supposed oh, to go right, in that's right. and get beat up some more, and they didn't go back in. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just felt like uh, maybe they forgot. They missed a cue, yeah. uh, something like that. Or maybe they just, maybe they did go into business for themselves and felt like, you know, they already got beat up and, and are retreating and do that, didn't do them any favors to go back in and get beat up some more. So I don't know. I mean, that's the, so weird. that's the thing that only they know a lot of people in the back feel like they went into business for themselves. But I mean, obviously it's, it's blown over since, you know, they're, yeah. they're getting, they're back in the spots that they were. Dennis. I, I they they did go into business for themselves. This would have been a a more of a major thing, and you'd have seen them being punished week in and week out instead of this kind of storyline. I I think what probably realistically happened was you know look, there's bookers and agents, and there's so many moving parts. Maybe one of these guys along the way just said, "Hey, roll out into segment. We're probably three minutes over, two minutes over. We need to keep this thing going." They didn't do it. The boys in the back didn't know. And that's kind of how I feel like this might have gone down. Mm. I can see that. Um, see, I would think it would be the promo because it looks like they're having fun. They're a little loose with these. And I get it. I get that it was uh, the post-match segment. I thought the promo last night um, that they cut was good. But I, I want to say, and I say this is a huge fan of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, I felt like it went on a little bit long uh, before Shane came out. 
Do either of you agree? Do you think it was too much? A bit, but you know, not yeah. enough that it ruined it for me because the payoff was was just as good. And we got to the impression of Shane's dancing, which I which I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I I love I love Sammy and Kevin. I, I like yeah. Sammy. Uh, I like his dance that he does on the way to to the ring to Kevin's oh. music. I could watch that for. I, I hope someone makes a a, a gif out of that. Oh, and, there are there are multiple. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that, I, I think uh, I, I like it. Shane's kind of heelish, uh, but you know everyone's kind of heelish in this, uh, and and babyfaceish. So it's hard to tell uh, where they're going with it. And that's what I was trying to read the crowd. Yeah, you know, like it was interesting with the booze from the crowd, but the cheers. I mean, I feel like the crowd is just doing that thing of playing along with the heat that they're getting. You know. Yeah. Um, speaking of animated gifts, my favorite one. So there are many animated gifts of uh, Sami Zayn dancing the ring around Kevin Owens, but then someone pulled this out of the Simpsons, a clip where it's uh, the nerd Martin doing his little slolly gag skip around Nelson Muntz walking, looking angry, which is, <laughs> and they put Sami Zayn's music over it. So it's very, very funny. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, but no, I love their entrances. I love the way that they're uh, doing this. And so Shane O'Mac came out, said Kevin is going to be handcuffed to the ropes for the final match of the evening with Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton. Handcuffs, 50 states of Zayn. Uh, they're, they're really reaching with these stipulations. I mean, that, that felt very NWA throwback-ish to me. And, you know, I'm a big fan of that kind of WCW, NWA stuff. So when I hear someone getting handcuffed to the ring ropes or anything a little bit like that, I think, all right, that's a little throwback to some classic wrestling stuff. Wouldn't it make sense to handcuff him backstage? Like, you know, to a <laughs> guardrail or something. It doesn't all have to make sense. <laughs> oh, because he could still, re- you know, put his arm in the ring. I, I never got that handcuffed to the rope step. But They got to get a corporate cane back as the director of operations to, you yeah. know, really come up with some better policies. Uh, the WWE is uh, not the best run company in kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird. Uh, I'm surprised their stock doesn't take more of a hit. We're are up. <laughs> <laughs> just like you are promoting a hostile work environment um yeah yeah okay so that was the stip for the main event last night after that the new day versus rusev and aiden english dennis what'd you think of the match i loved it i thought this was actually a great match i i went in thinking all right this is where i go get my popcorn my soda my bathroom break but you know what i found myself as this match went on going wow, these guys are delivering a great, entertaining, well-told match. And I was quite shocked to see, you know, Rusev and Aiden English go over here. So I really, I'm really excited about this. I, I think this tag team, I, I like it. They could be the most interesting tag team out there right now in SmackDown. I agree. Raj, do you think it's time to put the belts on them and clash of the champions? Um. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel like they're on a roll right now. So, um, I, I mean, Rusev, I think, is just great. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's what I would do. Yeah. Or um, or you stretch it out a little bit, but have the feud be the Usos against uh, Aiden English and Rusev. And maybe not have the title change yet, uh, but, you know, down at the Rumble or, or down the road. And I'm just saying, Rusev has a T-shirt now, a Rusev Day T-shirt. They got merch to push. Uh, you never, I mean, Aiden really got this Rusev Day thing over. Oh, uh, yeah. 
I, and they're they're still like one of those acts that I kind of forget about until I see them, uh, just because they haven't been used in such you know in a high profile position for a while. I mean, if you count the Randy Orton feud, but you know Rusev came, came that did nothing for Rusev. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of them. They're one of my favorite things on SmackDown. Yeah, and they're going to be in that four-way tag team match. The Usos versus The New Day versus Gable and Benjamin versus Rusev and Aiden English. So Clash of the Champions, we'll see. And last night, they did pick up the win over The New Day. So uh, they're on a roll, man. We see footage backstage. Or we see footage of Mojo turning on Zack Ryder from last week. Renee Young backstage with Mojo. Uh, they're building it. Dennis, are you invested in Hypro versus Hypro for Clash of the Champions? No, and this is going to be probably a silly reason, but I didn't feel like there was enough change in, in Mojo's character or Mojo's look to even tell me that there's a, a, a face to a hill turn. If Mojo came out in like a cool leather jacket or just kind of a little bit of black or just kind of really told the story that, you know, he turned, I might have been more interested, but... There's, there's no Zack Ryder for, what, two weeks? Or this will be the sec- first week. I I I'm st- I need something out of Mojo to tell me he's a heel turn, not a passionate I-need-to-move-on promo out of him that he could have delivered the same promo as a face. Yeah, but I think you got to give it a little time. I'm, I, you know, if, if he comes out to the ring at Cloud of Champions wearing the same thing, then I agree. But to all of a sudden one week be completely looking different, um, you know, I think – but but I agree he should make some changes and you know hopefully he does when he uh, with that match it was the same promo I, that he could have delivered two weeks ago before this hill turn would have made it I, I I wish I saw a little bit more attitude out of him in that promo to really hammer home that I'm not the good guy in this whole thing <sighs> he needs some like angry dark zubas or something to wear <clears throat> just to show that it's a new mojo you know yeah right. Oh, man. Um, Speaking of backstage promos, Daniel Bryan backstage with Carmella, Lana, and the Samoan soldier, Tamina Snuka. Carmella did say that she got rid of James Ellsworth, and she deserves a spot of Clash of the Champions. Lana makes a case for Tamina deserving a shot. And instead, he says, hey, we're going to have Natalia versus Charlotte Flair. The Riot Squad shows up, and Brian's solution, it's going to be a lumberjack match. So uh, you women will be around the match, but none of you are winning the title, except Carmella if she, if she cashes in. Um, what did you think of the Riot Squad's part of the promo, Raj, uh, <laughs> giving the mic there to Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan? I think, well, I think Liv Morgan is the star in the making, but she's not there yet. Uh, oh, man, Sarah Logan was was brutal tonight um it, it seemed like it felt like it was her first time cutting a promo and she's done good stuff in the past i don't know if it was nerves or what but i didn't understand what she was saying for the most part um yeah it was it was I mean, she's not ready at, at all definitely not on the mic i mean we'll have to see in the ring but uh and then the, the stuff that they're scripting for these for these ladies is is just bad and i think another problem is is it's so similar to the absolution stuff, you know, with the, the, the group of three and they just did it on Raw and they're, they're doing it better because they have Paige that it, it's hard to get. It just comes across as a, as a cheap knockoff, you know, right off the bat. So you got the cheap knockoff and then you got these, you know, really bad promos. 
I don't know. I don't see this going far. Yeah, and da Daniel Bryan's uh, biased against blondes when Charlotte yeah. Flair versus Italia is the match. And Southerners, right? <laughs> Dennis, what did you think of this? Uh, you know, Raj hit the nail on the head. You know, that stumble really took me out of the promo. Other than that, it was kind of your basic, all right, we're going to set something up to throw you girls into a mix. And in recent memory, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a lumberjack match where it didn't end with everybody in the ring. It gets thrown out. So uh, smart money goes on that. I would have, you know, there was that rumor that you could have seen Paige jump over and reveal herself as the leader of this group too. And, you know, that, that got me and Petey thinking on our podcast. This would have been a great time to start like an all-girl NWO kind of thing where, you know, you, you jump back and forth. You revive both women's, you know, brands. But, you know, Petey thought it was a stupid idea, which I can tell on your faces you do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I kind of like the idea if you have um, – um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that idea. Because yeah. first, you know, you want to have the brand separate to begin with. Um, the the more you dilute them with the going back and forth, the less you know, the less the brand extension means. And when you had the NWO, you had you know superstars like three superstars, and having a bunch of people who haven't wrestled yet, you know, on on WWE television uh, with Paige. I just don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think that would work. Well, maybe Absolution could be, uh, or uh, maybe uh, the Riot Squad could be Absolution Wolfpack, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Spinoff. The, the, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Um, yeah, so that happened. Um, that happened. A lot of promo, a lot of promos. Actually, it's weird looking at this, seeing this in sequence. We had Mojo, the women, and then backstage Bobby Roode face-to-face uh, -face with Baron Corbin in advance of their non-title match that evening, Dolph Ziggler shows up looking like uh, later-day HBK, lost his smile, trying to find it backstage. And uh, Talkus was back in advance of their triple threat match at Clash of the Champions. Yeah, he looked um, like HBK pitching a hunting show, you know? Like, he had that that HBK look. But he upstaged both of them. I thought he was the most charismatic guy in the segment by far. He did, he destroyed him by, by far. Um he comes across as a far better promo. Bobby Roode looks lost as a babyface. He he means so little in this role right now. And I think I think so many of us thought Bobby Roode, with his act in NXT, would be a huge hit on the main roster. And I think this babyface uh, run is just taking it all out. And I don't know how far down he goes before they turn him heel and he goes back to what he was or tries to. But this is this is really hurting him. Dennis, who do you think wins at Clash of the Champions? I'd match? like to see Dolph. Other than the stint at the announcement table, announcer table during the night, I think Ziggler was the MVP of the show. I love the new wow. look. I, I do. I, I like the new look. It was different. It was something, you know, I think I might have been here calling for, like, look, less Dolph Ziggler talking. Totally changed that look up a little bit. I think you can really push him forward. And minus being on the announce table, I thought he was the MVP. Upstaged them in the promo. He had the great look going on. The two zigzags at the end of the show really sold at home. But I don't think SmackDown is the right place for Bobby Roode in this glorious entrance. I feel like it's a big fish in a small pond kind of feel to him, where if you put him on a bigger feeling show, it, it might translate at least a little bit better. You think he feels like a big fish? 
I know. I think for our fans, uh, he comes off as the big fish in a little pond. He has this glorious, amazing entrance on a smaller show, if that makes sense. I feel like his entrance has never meant so little as it does right now. Like, it's not like that. It's not like that in NXT where you get the... Uh, you get that anticipation when it when it starts and everything. It's just it's just another it's just another cool entrance right now, and uh, I think I think SmackDown is the perfect spot for him because I think he'd get lost in the shuffle on Raw real quick, but he just needs to be a heel. This uh, his, him doing his mannerisms as a babyface, it just doesn't work. They did the same thing to Nakamura that they're doing to Root. When he's down there, he has a long exaggerated entrance where there's a little bit of a buildup and then boom. And then, you know, you slowly, you slowly start to chop it down to make time. And, and it also takes away from the presentation, too. Yeah. And I think uh, they need to do things, you know, especially events like SummerSlam or, I mean, a Survivor Series, do little things to make it seem special. You know, at all the takeovers, they would, you know, they'd bring the violinist for Nakamura or, or try something different. And by not doing anything different, it's just... It's just the same. I mean, mm. I know that's not the deepest thought, but no, but uh. you're right. And I think it also comes to pay-per-views where, you know, the one thing I liked about all the pay-per-views when we were growing up, whether it was WCW or, you know, WWF was every stage looked different. There was always a different set to a pay-per-view and they stopped doing that. And that took away from a lot of pay-per-views for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one thing I really liked about WCW back in the day was when you had like a Bash at the Beach or and their, their Hog Wild pay-per-view, I always hated it, but it had a different look. It felt different uh, when they do Nitro from the beaches and stuff. You know, I, I always liked when they did the different settings because it just it just stood out. It made it more memorable as opposed to with Raw. It doesn't matter where they're at. It looks the same. Um, yeah. But that being said, I, uh, you know, with Ziggler, I feel like he needs to be in a tag team. I uh, he, he was on uh, the Edge and Critch Christian podcast, and you could read a uh, we have an article on it on Wrestling Inc. that was posted early this morning. But um, made it clear he was pretty frustrated. Uh, was thinking about leaving soon. Things don't change. He's 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 talking about how uh, you know beating him. You know, even like little kids now know he's going to lose, and it's like, what's the point of beating him when everyone knows the result? And so. Brought up a lot of good points, and but Ziggler's at that point where he's been buried for so long with the company that no one's going to buy a push. I mean, last year when they threw him in the main event, of, I mean, not the main event of SummerSlam, but the WWE Championship match at SummerSlam, it was just an afterthought. But his IC title feud with The Miz was pretty good last year. But that's the problem is they can't go back to that well. Yeah, and then he pretty much got you know buried and yeah. put back to his place right after that. Much better in the chase than as a, as a champ. I I almost feel like him when the Miz comes back, pairing him with the Miz and moving him to Raw. You know, yeah. just doing something where he's paired with somebody to kind of do something different with him because he's just been in this you know s singles jobber role for so long that no one will buy a push, and he's too talented. And you saw it tonight uh, to not do something more with him. Yeah, although he's got that cricket wireless money coming in. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know how much of the the royalties WWE has given him off of that. Oh, I was saying on Twitter, please let him put that on the line for the triple threat. Put that up against the belt. I just want to see <laughs> Baron Corbin doing a cricket wireless ad, being like, you're poor. This is all you can afford. Deal with it. <laughs> you know? You have bad credit. Um, yeah, I think Dolph, you know, I could actually see if Daniel Bryan comes back as a, as a wrestler. I think Dolph would be a good GM. 
Now, oh, oh, that's controversial. I think his promos are really good. I think he's good on the mic. But you know, maybe you pair him up with Randy Orton, it would almost have that. No, hang on. No, no, I mean, I'm into it. I'm laughing because I see it. I see it. It's sort of like indifference and eh, whatever, <laughs> you know, just. But it might have that old school rated RKO where it was, you know, Edge and Randy Orton. You could, granted, look, I know Dolph's not to the Edge level when they teamed up, but you could use him to, to boost him up where Randy kind of goes back and forth from a face to heel. Raj, what do you think of that pairing? Uh, I just don't see it. I'm all for yeah. you. you never know something. You know, if someone said Rusev and Aiden English, I'd be like, eh. But you never, you know, you never know. I mean, Orton is very stale right now. Um, I don't know. But I, I, for some reason, Ziggler and The Miz seems interesting to me, even though The Miz has the Mistourage right now. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, but the, the GM, I feel like you need to be more of a star to be a GM. And mm-hmm. Ziggler has just kind of been underneath guy. And, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Orton and Ziggler as a tag team. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't say not necessarily a tag team is, you know, faction. Yeah. Team collecting a check, you know, it's just kind of like, Hey, we're here. We don't want to, you know, strain ourselves too much, put more in our 401k and just, you know, we get by. (laughs) It could be their entire attitude. Team collect a check. I like it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Catch it. Yeah. So lastly, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Enhancement Talent, Adam James and Josh Carr. Where do you go with the Bludgeon Brothers, Dennis? Enhancement Talent. Uh, I think we've seen this throughout the history of WWE where they they debut or repackage a tag team with it, but, you know apocalyptic or medieval look. They beat up a bunch of Enhancement Talent, then they become Enhancement Talent themselves. So I'm just waiting for the moment that they start taking pins from Aiden English and, you know, Rusev, and mm. we'll just move on. Raj, feud with the Ascension on the on the horizon, perhaps, for the oh, Bludgeon no. Brothers? The, the Ascension had been uh, buried too much for that. You know, I mean, the formula is, and they really stick to their formulas, is Bludgeon Brothers get a bunch of wins, uh, feud with an, a, a higher-level tag team, I guess maybe like uh, the New Day, Win that, go to the tag team feud, feud back and forth for three months, trade the belts, you know, here and there. And then the Usos come on, on top or whoever the champions is. If it's the New Day at that point, whoever. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of the formula. And that's where they, they don't stray too far from the formula with the tag team division. So. Yeah, we shall see. So Baron Corbin did have a match against Bobby Roode last uh, uh, night. Ziggler got in on the action. Bobby Roode won by disqualification. Uh, I don't know that much more needs to be said about this feud. I think the match will actually be good at Clash of the Champions. I just don't know who's going to come out the better from this feud. I mean, I m- maybe Roode? I mean, I don't know, Raj. Wh- where, where does the belt go after that triple threat? I think it stays on Corbin. I mean, yeah. I think that's why Ziggler was put in, so Corbin can pin Ziggler. And they keep Roode and Corbin going. Corbin versus Ziggler, Ziggler uh, you know, calling back to the the hottest feud, perhaps, of 2016. No. Uh, no. Why don't we get Apollo Crews in the mix and just completely relive Baron Corbin's steady flatline of mediocrity? Uh, Dennis, who do you think uh, comes out of that, the champ? 
I, I'm with Raj on this one. He hit the nail on the head. I think this is Corbin just to keep him having that belt a little bit longer. You can't justify it in a one-on-one matchup. So you throw Ziggler in, who we all know what will happen is something along the lines of, you know, he'll hit the glorious DDT, then, you know, Corbin will throw him out of the ring and pin Ziggler. Yeah, I can totally see that. So that uh, somewhat lengthy backstage segment building up the rivalry between AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal for Clash of the Champions. Jinder never wrestles. Have you noticed that on TV? Yeah. He's probably wrestled like six or seven matches since he got his big push on SmackDown. Mm. Um, it's probably under 10. He hasn't wrestled since uh, losing to AJ on TV. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't use him because I know, I mean, they're going to India, but they haven't left yet. That show isn't until Saturday. I'm guessing they're mm. leaving today. I, actually, they are leaving uh, today. So, um, But the Singh brothers are still with them. The Singh brothers are going to be in India. So I don't know if that uh, that attack that Jinder did was a split because he's beaten them up after the match before. So they have a complicated relationship, right? <laughs> so I, you know, I like I like the Singh brothers. I, I mean, they do what they're supposed to. They bump, you know, they take these crazy bumps. You know, Styles delivering that one Styles clash from the second rope to, you know, onto the other uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they add a lot to his act, so I hope they don't split him up. Well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll know more next week after the the India tour. I just feel like neither of these guys are coming out the better out of this feud. I mean, I this felt like an afterthought last night with Who, AJ. You mean AJ and Gender? Yeah, I don't think this is helping AJ, and I don't think this is helping Gender. I disagree. Really. Uh, maybe not AJ because AJ is a champ and there's not much if you're on the top that you can do to, to really put you over and keep you on top. But for Jinder, I still am buying in that he's still a main event talent. You keep him off the TV, you have him fill, you make him have that special feel to him. This is a slow old school build for a main eventer where you know when you're working the, the your way up, you're on TV every night, you're wrestling. Then the higher up you get, the less you're in that ring with your tights on. So I I like how they're slowly building gender up, whether they keep them up or this is just something to protect us from knowing whether he can wrestle or not. That's totally something different, but hmm. the, the, the protecting him makes me feel like he's still a main eventer right now. I don't see him as a main eventer. Um, I, I think he could get there. He really needs to be put in some feuds with guys like, uh, Owens and Sammy and guys that can really wrestle um, to work on his in-ring because I think that's the only area where I feel like he's hurting is his ring work. Um, his matches with AJ have been really good, though. That's true. Uh, or his, you know, the one match with AJ was really good. So I, I think I'm sure their match at Clash of Champions will probably be Ginger's best pay-per-view match. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this feud has helped AJ. Um, really? Yeah, in the sense that... I feel like he's people are seeing him as more of a star. Um, you know, since since AJ won the title, uh, and we'll see the rating to, today, uh, the viewership numbers, but it's been doing consistently in the 2.6 million range, whereas usually it's been hovering, you know, 2.1 to 2.4, 2.5, uh, you know, from the summer and in the fall. And every episode since AJ won has been 2.6. So I don't know if... Uh, I don't know what that means. If if just if AJ winning the title means that much, or it's just the season with Survivor Series and all that um, led to a little increase. But 
but we'll see. But I feel like AJ's more over now than he's been in a while. I feel like AJ's really popular. I agree about the matches being great. I just feel like this feud, I don't know. It doesn't yeah, it does nothing like... for me. Yeah. But I, I think it's it's helped AJ in the sense that uh, I, th I think he's the most popular he's been. Maybe. I could see it. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Tamina Snuka. Really? Again, Tamina, the Samoan soldier, Tamina Snuka. Where, where did that come from? This is the first time we heard that last night, right? I'm not crazy. I don't remember hearing that before. I hope I don't hear it again. Uh, you know, every now and then, some of these nicknames, you know, stick, but <laughs> sometimes they try way too hard, and it just it just comes across as too corny. You know, like the artist for Nakamura. Um, I don't know. You gotta let. It just seemed way too forced, and it just sounds corny. But and I don't know. I don't know with Tamina. I mean, I don't know. They're look. They changed her music. They're giving her something. Um, but yeah, I just I, look. Charlotte won the match last night. Of course. No, no surprise. I would just love to. I would love to meet the degenerate gambling addict that bets on wrestling that just takes the long shot. It's like, what guys? Tamina could win. I just want someone to make that argument each week. Um, match match was what it was um i think more notable than that was backstage this segment the riot squad and the welcoming committee oh man just natalia <sighs> talking to the riot squad about the lumberjack match i don't know the women's division i think has some issues uh on smackdown in particular um just clumping all the women together putting them these like that welcoming committee when they when they said that that almost felt like years ago because it's so forgotten even though yeah. it was just like you know this past summer or this past spring so yeah they need some help with writing for these women because uh this this women's revolution is not much different than what they had eight years ago except for the, the women get longer matches now and it was more interesting eight years ago uh, it depends on the week on SmackDown. You know, I think the women's division on SmackDown is the least interesting I can remember it. Yeah, and that's with the top performer in the company in Charlotte. You know, yeah. I mean, well, top I women's performer. When you build it all around one performer, right? I mean, I don't think they're building it around her. It's not like so? these, no the the Riot Squad's been getting more of a more of a push than Charlotte. They've really done very little with Charlotte. I mean, mm. she won the title. She was in the feud, but it's no different than any other feud they've been doing. And she's been an afterthought before that feud with Natalia. Yeah. So, yeah, that devolved into chaos after the match last night. Um, so, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens backstage talking to Daniel Bryan. Where do you think they're going with Daniel Bryan and all this, Raj? What's the end game? Is he coming back? So, he hasn't been cleared. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it 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 is weird that they're involving him so much in in these storylines when he hasn't been cleared to return. Um, so yeah, it's just really odd. Um, I mean, I guess the the end game that they might have is just dueling GMs, you know, dueling authority wow. figures with Shane and Daniel Bryan. But I don't know how long that would go. Um, but yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about that promo uh, at the end. Um, Dennis, Randy Orton versus Sami Zayn last night. Kevin Owen handcuffed to the ropes 
What did you think? And have you ever seen a more feeble attempt to use bolt cutters than Kevin Owens trying to draw that out on the side of the ring last night? On paper, it looked great. The execution was a little bit poor. Um, this was kind of your standard match where you just waited for bolt cutters or somebody to pop out and you know undo Owens. It, it was, I look at the beginning of the show. I loved the handcuff idea. It was not executed to what I was hoping for. It, I don't know. It didn't take away from the match because at the end you 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 know you're left going, wow. Because we forgot to say that there was a tag team match set up for Clash of the Champions with a yeah special partner, and it was revealed. <laughs> the, the exact person everyone on Twitter predicted yeah. it was going to be. Lo and behold, it is when Nakamura shows up at the end there, setting up Nakamura and Randy Orton versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for Clash of the Champions. But can I ask you guys this question? How many of you guys were still sitting there going, is he going to RKO Nakamura? Because I still was a little bit really? like, I did. I, I Look, this is just me. <laughs> because if you remember, what was it, several several months ago when they kind of started getting together, you know, he, Orton did say, I will turn on you eventually. I, I, I mean, he hit Nakamura with the RKO, right. but that was building to their match the following week. I, I was, um, but for this, it would make no sense. Then Nakamura would just say, no, I'm not going to team with you. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so no, I, I didn't expect it in this case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like they added that step. Um, and I, I guess you're going to get to that, so I'll, I'll wait. But I thought the match was good. But, again, it's just the third time they've done it and just – you know, I'm guessing six or seven weeks uh, that they've done this match. So they're just really out of. I mean, I, I'd, why not mix the talent a little bit? Have Sami Zayn beat Ty Dillinger one week just to give him just to give him some wins. Get get him a little get him, get him a little steam. Uh, you know, have Owens beat Mike Kanellis. You know, just these guys that aren't being used. Mix up the talent a little bit as opposed to having to having them face the same people uh, each and every week. When's the last time Owens got a squash match victory over someone? I feel like they don't really – it's funny. They don't really book him that way. They haven't really booked him that way. Aiden English, maybe? Was uh, he? Man, I, when was the last time Owens wrestled on SmackDown? I mean, he wrestled uh, Orton, but uh, he, he doesn't really wrestle that much on SmackDown. Yeah. And they don't just give him those random matches that a lot of their other quote-unquote destroyers uh, seem to get. So. Yeah. So they set the stipulation last night after in the uh, closing promo segment that was interesting uh, with uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Shane's going to be the special referee in that tag match at Clash of the Champions. And this is their careers in the WWE for Zayn and Owens. If they lose, they're not just off SmackDown, but out of WWE altogether. Maybe, uh, you know. That kind of gives away. That kind of gives away the ending. Kind of gives away the ending. I don't think these guys are going back to Ring of Honor. You know. Yeah. So, I'm guessing my what my guess would be is that Shane gets knocked out during the match. Daniel Bryan gets another ref in, and they count the win for for Owens and Sammy. Hmm. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I don't know where the, you've already done Shane and Kevin Owens. Uh, Shane and Sammy is not a WrestleMania match, so. But all uh, the dancing in that entrance. Right, yeah. Between so, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't uh, – it's hard to tell because usually they want something big for Shane at Mania. And right now there's nothing really on the horizon. Shane versus Triple H, man. 
There's nothing teasing that direction, though. <laughs> they already, series, they've already got two matches oh, teased for Triple H. I know. So. <laughs> Triple H versus everybody. Just make him, you know, the new Brock. Just every pay-per-view. Who's Triple H going to take on this time? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so all in all, see, it's funny. We talk about this, and I'm like, I'm kind of excited. I'm cur- Let me put it this way. I'm invested and curious where it's going. But nothing about this is exciting me of saying like, oh my god, I can't, you can't wait to see what happens next. Like I'm interested, but I'm not on the edge of my seat about any of this. I think all this would have been so much better if Shane McMahon was playing the exact same character his father was, the evil, you know, owner of the WWE. I I would like to see Shane try to pull that off. Shane Shane's been healed many times in the past. Oh, definitely. But I think he's just been this run. He's been incredibly likable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it, what it does. I mean, Shane turning heel, uh, I guess that would make Owens and Sammy baby faces mm. or it turns out it's all a ruse and Shane's been working with Kevin Owens and Sammy. <laughs> I don't know. That would be the worst outcome possible. They've done stuff like that before where it just made no sense, but. So one more show to clash of the champions, the last pay-per-view of 2017. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I've I've been crapping on SmackDown, even though overall, like I said, it was it was an easy to watch show. And Absolutely, it's just nothing exciting. You know, there's nothing where you're like that that's out of the ordinary. Like you know, on Raw, you get the broken stuff, you get Braun slamming people through the ring. You know, crazy stuff that happens uh, now and then. Whereas SmackDown is just kind of the same. Yeah, uh, Kevin you know, Owens handcuffed to it to the ring. You know? Right. Yeah. Bolt cutters. That's the budget right there, though, guys. Yeah. Oh, man. And SmackDown came close to Raw in the ratings last week. I mean, that was the closest they've been, I think, all year. So I just feel like I don't know why you got to treat it so much like the B show when, you know, there's there's potential there. Move move a couple guys over that you're not using on Raw. I've said it many times. I think Finn Balor would, would do you know be a, a huge addition on SmackDown. Um I think Jeff Hardy, when he comes back, if this Woken thing works with Matt Hardy, uh, move him to SmackDown. Just have him on separate brands. You don't need him on the same brand then. Hmm. But, um, yeah. What happened on 205 Live last night? Did either of you watch it? I had better things to do, I'll be honest. (laughs) Until they can start proving that they can even put on a a, a show, I'll I'll watch the recap videos on YouTube and call it a day. Yeah, there was no Enzo, and so oh, who okay. was it? Drew Gulak took over or something like that. I didn't watch it either. Um, I was curious if they advanced the Nia Jackson-Enzo storyline, which one of the things I'm more curious about in the WWE right now. I did love, if you guys haven't watched it yet, Enzo on his Instagram posted uh, the Zo Train coming over to Enzo's house in the Hollywood Hills, which was a very kind of funny minute-long clip of them just shooting pool, hanging out, eating pizza. It's very cute. <laughs> cool. well i'll have to check that out yeah um but yeah 205 live man those live events dennis you gonna go you gonna fly out to the coast for for one of those can i stay at your house well other coast man oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm really surprised that they're not doing like pennsylvania or you know yeah someplace i mean where was it rhode island well the the, the buildings they're doing are ones that have done well for nxt so I think sense. they're they're hoping that it translates. But NXT is a different animal than 205 Live. 
Well, yeah. we'll see. I mean, if it's a success or even if they break even, um, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. If if they want another touring brand, then you really got to do a lot more with 205 Live. Um, but we'll see. Especially right now, given that the WWE is more profitable than it's ever been. The stock is up considerably. Like things are going well. It's an interesting gamble to say now is the time to do 205 live live events. The stock is up, but so is the entire market. Um, yeah. You know, the market's been on a tear. WWE is, you know, is definitely uh, doing well, but kind pretty of much everything is. Yeah, wrestling everywhere. Even the House of Hardcore, which has blown the doors off Twitch right now. You know, I'm happy to see them. So I think a lot of these wrestling or other than Impact. It's doing great. <laughs> Impact's like we can't catch a break. Doing great in their in their right. small in this small world. You know, it's not like doing great. Millions of people are paying attention, and anyone outside of hardcore fans know what they it is. They out a niche big enough to you know make it successful, and I think this tour, yeah. East House of Hardcore, will be uh, maybe even revolutionary. Where you see these companies maybe start endorsing live wrestling on this kind of services. Hmm. Yeah, and it remains to be seen what uh, Cody and the Young Bucks are going to do with their live event. Supposedly, announcements are going to be coming soon about in, their in a couple of weeks, is what um, Cody said to ESPN. Yeah, so we'll see, man. Raj, any other news we should cover this week? Um, Dennis Woken Matt Hardy is it going to work? No, and it's not because of Matt Hardy's fault. It's uh, I, I'm going to blame the WWE on this because. They're going to do enough stuff that they can own their slice of the gimmick. You know, awoken, not broken. So I, I feel like they're going to botch this up enough because they want their piece of the pie to keep it. Yeah. I know Matt Morgan feels like it, it'll work. He thinks WWE will will make it work. I, I'm i with you, Dennis. I just don't see it. I, I, I think it'll work for the short run, and then he'll be back to the position he's in. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But... I, and, you know, I said this about Nakamura, and I'm not trying to say I'm always right or always, you know, whatever. Um, but just their track record with stuff like this has, has been uh, patchy. So um, we'll see. But I hope I hope it does work. The Something about it, the timing just seems like they missed the boat by, by waiting this long. When I'm seeing Matt Hardy's tweets now, I'm, I find them more irritating, whereas uh, this week with the Woken stuff, whereas, you know, Last year, I, I, I got a big kick out of them. So, but definitely give it a chance and, and see if WWE will, will let it be what it could be. Yeah. Monday night, a couple days away. <laughs> it, got, it did get a prime spot Monday. I do think they're doing everything they can to give it a chance. Well, know, it was I the think... most talked about thing on that show. I... Uh, on this past Monday night show. It, it seemed like they missed a whole piece of the puzzle, though. They went from him sitting in the corner doing delete to like a half-and-half half promo to where he's full-blown. I'd like to have seen a little bit more of a transition from yeah. Z. Yeah, I agree. And I I mentioned this on the, the, Monday, pod, the Monday podcast where um, the rawness with the ones that they did in Impact – Whereas now it's the highly produced, you know, with the WWE background, it it takes away a little bit, but we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. And we'll be back Monday night.
when SmackDown goes off the air on the East Coast, or probably when Raw goes off the air on the East Coast, to talk about the latest chapter in the Woken Saga on Monday Night Raw. Myself, Raj Giri, Mr. Matt Morgan. Uh, Dennis, what do you want to plug before we take it home here? You know, here on Wrestling, uh, Wrestling Inc., if you go over to the iTunes page or Stitcher, uh, go look for Wrestling Perspective Podcast. It's mixed in with the other podcasts here. If you have iTunes, go rate, subscribe, leave a comment. That way we are the number one wrestling podcast show on iTunes. That's where we want to be. That's where we deserve to be. So we need your help. The fans who download every week to just go leave a five-star rating, a comment, and subscribe to it. It's free, it's easy, and it helps us. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Raj, what should people look for on the site? Um, more from my interview with Jack Swagger, stuff from the Terry Funk interview coming up this week. You know, we're talking about House of Hardcore. There's a couple, uh, if you go to Wrestling Inc., go to news interviews, you'll see my recent interviews with Tommy Dreamer, uh, where he talked about House of Hardcore. Uh, he talked about Austin Aries, the fans booing Austin Aries during his promo at House of Hardcore a couple of weeks ago. He talked about if broken Matt Hardy will work uh, in WWE. And uh, a little more coming up from him, too, talking about ECW uh, going on during things like that. So uh, check that out, plus some interviews with Al Snow. And, uh, yeah, it's all coming up on the site in the the next couple weeks. Awesome, everyone. So I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter, at Glenn Rubenstein. And until next time, folks, we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.